0: Audible presents a must-hear article from the pages of Harvard Business Review. When you're finished listening, be sure to go to audible.com and enter Harvard Business Review in the search box. You'll find our extensive HBR archive and learn how to subscribe to our monthly audio edition. Now, in How Not to Cut healthcare Costs, Robert S. Kaplan, a senior fellow and the Marvin Bauer Professor of Leadership Development Emeritus at Harvard Business School, and Derek A. Haas, a project director and fellow at HBS and a founder of avant Health, write about the missteps that keep us paying too much for treatment. Healthcare providers in the United States and much of the rest of the world are trying to respond to the tremendous pressure to reduce costs. Many of their attempts, however, are counterproductive, ultimately leading to higher costs and sometimes lower quality care. What's going on? Our studies show that to identify cost-cutting opportunities, hospital administrators typically work from the information that is most readily available to and trusted by them, namely the line-item expense categories on their P&L statements. Those categories, such as personnel, space, equipment, and supplies, are attractive targets. Reducing spending on them appears to generate immediate results but the reductions are usually made without considering the best mix of resources needed to deliver excellent patient outcomes in an efficient manner. Healthcare provider organizations also try to optimize the number and mix of patients seen, for instance by pushing physicians to spend less time with each patient and on treatment processes that are poorly reimbursed under fee-for-service mechanisms. Fee-for-service payments encourage physicians to increase their volume of reimbursable procedures and visits not to deliver effective and efficient care for a patient's condition. To make matters worse, clinical personnel, the people who actually treat patients, are seldom involved in decisions about how to achieve savings, which means that providers lose out on significant opportunities for benchmarking and standardizing medical practices in ways that could both lower costs and improve care. Field research we are conducting with more than 50 healthcare provider organizations, most U.S.-based, suggests much better ways to reduce costs without jeopardizing care and often while improving outcomes. Let's examine five common cost-cutting mistakes in detail. Mistake number one, cutting back on support staff. The first port of call in a cost-cutting exercise is often the payroll, which accounts for about two-thirds of a typical provider organization's costs. Most administrators begin by freezing salaries and new hires. Some take more drastic action by reducing headcount, starting with administrative and backroom support personnel, along with front desk staff. Often the stated reason for targeting non-clinical staff is a desire not to impact patient care. A probable unstated reason is that the work of clinical staff is directly reimbursable, whereas that of administrative staff is not. But disproportionately cutting support staff can be short-sighted when it lowers clinicians' productivity and raises the cost of treating patients' conditions. One physician told us that her department had reduced administrative support to fewer than one secretary for every ten doctors. After the cuts, the doctors had to spend much more time on paperwork, which detracted from their revenue-generating work, and sometimes jeopardized patient care, for instance, when messages about patients' needs were not communicated to clinicians in a timely fashion. Our research shows that specialist time is often an order of magnitude ten times more costly than their assistants' time it makes no sense to have physicians and senior nurses perform tasks that could be done just as well by far less expensive personnel. Indeed, we found that effectively integrating more nurses and physician assistants into patients' care frees up senior clinicians to work at the top of their license, performing tasks that only they can perform, leading to higher quality care at a much lower cost per patient. This approach allowed the Anesthesia Assessment Center, AAC, at Houston's MD Anderson Cancer Center, which evaluates patients prior to their procedures, to reduce per-patient spending by 45% while seeing 19% more patients and maintaining the same quality of care. Patients with relatively simple conditions were seen by mid-level providers rather than attending physicians, which enabled two of the four anesthesiologists to shift from the AAC to the operating room. This is sustainable and value-increasing cost reduction. Top-down spending mandates are effective mainly in aggravating the margin-versus-mission tension between financial and clinical professionals. Arbitrary constraints or cuts in personnel spending, uninformed by an awareness of the underlying clinical and staff resources needed to deliver high-quality outcomes for a variety of medical conditions, can lead to long treatment delays, worse care and outcomes, and overstressed, frustrated caregivers. Mistake number two, underinvesting in space and equipment. In our cost analyses of dozens of medical conditions, space and equipment costs were consistently an order of magnitude smaller than personnel costs. This finding leads to the obvious conclusion that idle space and equipment are much less expensive than idle clinicians and technicians. Yet because hospital systems do not measure the costs of idle space, equipment, and personnel, they often make poor trade-offs, under-investing in space and equipment, and thereby lowering the productivity of their most expensive resources. Here's a case in point. We are...